At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner. Presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, it's Holden with VSIN. It's the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Get a chance, do something really nice for yourself and for me. More for me. Uh, leave me a five star review. I'd really appreciate that. Something nice underneath, and uh, we'll all have a good day. I'd appreciate that. Big day here on the show. We've got updated lines on the Broncos-Cowboys preseason game, a big shift in the total, and I was telling you that this was going to happen last week. Uh, we'll talk about that. Eric Moody, ESPN. Let's talk a little Russell Wilson, how many times he thinks Russell throws in a game, and I think it's going to be a lot more than me. Plus, we got to get into Javante and Melvin Gordon. So let's just get right into this thing. 31 days, 31 until the NFL regular season opener, Bills and Rams, five weeks to the day until Broncos Seahawks, 35 days away, Broncos Seahawks. Oh, it's not that far. We can see right down the, right down the tunnel now. We're getting very close. It's nice. Uh, Broncos Cowboys preseason line on Bet Rivers. Let's go look at this because, again, I will be placing a bet here at some point in time. We missed out. On that total last week when I saw it at 33 and a half, I told you this is this, this thing's coming down. And um, I didn't get a chance to dig into it right after the show like I thought I would. Uh, by the time I dug into it this morning, that uh, line moved and I missed the CLV. So um, 31 and a half is the total now, minus 106 to the over, minus 115 to the under. Again, uh, just a, a normal lean to the under here for a lot of these games. But this is now turned into one of the lowest totals on the week. I mean, if you want to hit an under Seahawks Steelers, 35 and a half, 
Uh, you've got the Panthers Commanders under 36 and a half. I don't want to say blind bet these, but I'm going to look into these are the games that I'll look into more uh, when it comes down to it. Jets Eagles 35 and a half. So here's the deal with preseason. Again, it's tough to bet on it right now. If you're blind betting totals, that's fine. That's why that thing moved from 33 and a half to 31 and a half. Um, but if you're not, you've got to stick around. And you've got to make sure that you follow beat reporters and find out who's playing, how much they're playing. As simple as that. Uh, so again, Hackett said the Broncos haven't decided on who plays and how much they play in game number one against Dallas coming up on Saturday. But, but you know, we can look at some other things. We can look at the Broncos quarterback depth chart versus the Cowboys quarterback depth chart. You know, the Broncos QB depth chart's not great uh, behind Russell Wilson. You got Josh Johnson, who's been in the league a million years, so he'll play some. And Brett Rippon. Uh, Brett Rippon will probably play a chunk of, time, a chunk of time, at least a half, you would think, right? You get Johnson out there, you get Rippon out there. I don't know what they're doing, Russell Wilson. I would say this if we see that Russell Wilson's starting and that Dak Prescott is not starting, just, you know, go bet the first quarter. Go bet the first quarter or the first half if you can, because at least you know that there's a competent quarterback out there. On the other side of things, it's not like the Cowboys are rolling out Dak Prescott, in my estimation. I don't think he plays, right? How much does he really need in the preseason? So you take all that into account. And I really feel like, I really feel like uh, this is going to be a game that just comes down to the quarterbacks. Who's going to play? How much do they play? And once we know that, we can lay down a bet here. Again, uh, Ben DiNucci, Cooper Rush, is that much better than Josh Johnson and Brett Rippon? Maybe, maybe not. You know, th these guys have started at least. DiNucci was a complete disaster. Rush wasn't very good either. Johnson on the other side had a couple of good starts over the years. We haven't seen much out of Rippon at all. Um, but if you go Danucci versus Johnson and Rush versus Rippon, I'd say a slight advantage to Dallas. But again, I'll say this again. You've got to, got to, got to uh, follow the news if you're betting the side and even the total here at this point. Um, that was number one in the front range four, which is the four biggest sports stories on the front range. Number two, I'll get to in just a second. But uh, we're not going to talk too much baseball today. The Rockies aren't playing. They're just awful. They're in last place again. But calling all baseball fans, because I did place a bet today, late night game, Mariners beating the Yankees at plus 102. You put down $25, up to 25 bucks. You're getting a 20% profit boost, which was nice. It was already at plus 102. I got it at plus 122. Anyways. Calling all baseball fans. This week, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for same game parlay bets and bets on all professional baseball games. Create your ideal same game parlay of over three legs and receive up to a 50% profit boost. That's huge. 50% profit boost when you place a qualifying same game parlay wager. This week only. <clears throat> only this week. Head on over to betrivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app for more details. You got to be 21. You got to be located in Colorado. And if you have a gambling problem, please, please, please call 1-800-522-4700. New season props are up for the Broncos. <clears throat> Love them. Love this. 
And these are up on Bet Rivers. Okay, number two in the front range for new bets for the Broncos. So we already have them making the playoffs, minus 139, missing it, plus 115. You got all the division totals, uh, number of games won in the regular season, 10 minus 110, 10 uh, to the overs minus 110, to the unders minus 110. Stage of the elimination, you can pick where they're going to get. If they don't make the playoffs, plus 115, you heard that. If they lose in the wild card round, 300, lose in the division round, 4 to 1. So you can just look at all that stuff. But now... You can actually bet on the number of games won, okay? This is not an easy thing to do. What happens if Russell Wilson goes down? You know, that, that win total, if it happened early in the season, might be five or six. Which, by the way, if you want to bet them to win only five games, that's 25 to 1. For them to go 0-17, you're only getting 750 to 1. I need better odds than that. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. Uh, somewhere for me, where does this end up? The sweet spot, 9, 10, 11 wins. Uh, is it possible to get to 12? Yeah, 13, monster season. 14 and 3, probably not. That's a 12 to 1. Uh, disappointing season, if they only win 8, they go 8 and 9. That's plus 550. But let's go look at the sweet spot here and see if we can come up with anything. Uh, 9 wins for the Broncos. And again, I got them at 10 or more. But 9 wins for the Broncos would be at plus 475. So you put a dollar down, you get $4.75 back. Actually, you get $5.75 because they give you that dollar back. But if we go to 10, <clears throat> 10, exactly 10 wins plus 375, that will be the lowest number on the board. 11 wins is 4 to 1 plus 400, the second lowest. So the highest percent or the, the uh, shortest odds plus 375 on 10 wins, shortest odds plus 400 on 11 wins. And then the third shortest odds, nine wins at plus 475. I think that if just falls somewhere in there, and if you're there on that, if you place three bets, again, it's risky. You place three bets, you hit that 475, you're winning the biggest. You hit the 400, you're still winning. And if you hit the plus 375, you're still winning. You win three quarters of a unit at the least. Now, if you think they're going to get to 12 or 13 wins, you don't do that bet. You go 10, 11, 12, or you do 11, 12, 13. You know, 12 is plus 550. If you think they're going to stink, 8 and 9, 7 and 10, you're getting plus 550 at 8 and plus 850 at 7. So, again, these numbers are just fascinating how they have it. 9, 10, 11, those are the favorites, and I think that's the sweet spot there. If you were betting, I would bet 3. Uh, some of you might bet 2. You get a, a bigger return, but, again, 9 to 11 wins is what I'm looking at. Here's a fascinating one. This one blew my mind when I saw it this morning. I'm not kidding. Opponent for team's first loss. Oh, boy. Okay. <clears throat> so, to lose to the Seahawks, they get plus 165. That would be their first loss. You know how bummed everybody here would be? But they'll be, what, plus 165 in the money line? So, you might as well... You know, look at them this way, right? So the first loss of the season would be to the Seahawks. If you are betting the money line in this game, again, that's why they set it at that number. It's actually plus 170. So you're getting a little less, uh, you're getting a little less juice. So don't bet it on this side. If you're betting the, the, uh, the Broncos beat the Seahawks, don't bet it on this opponent for team's first loss, excluding playoffs. By the way, it's under the, Section Broncos season bets.
Broncos season bets in between tennis and NFL futures. Um, for the first loss, right? Texans, six to one. Niners plus 275. I could see that, right? I mean, hopefully there's no upset before then, but the Niners plus 275. Uh, then the Raiders at four to one. Now, if they go undefeated, if you think they're winning those first four games, you start getting some juicy odds with the Colts at 12 to one. You think that this team starts 4-0, go bet the Colts at plus 1,200 for the first loss for the Broncos, unless you think they're going to beat the Colts. And then it gets crazy, 15-1 to for the Chargers. And then they got three games, Jets, Jaguars, Titans, you're getting 60-1. to 60-1. to All right, so let's look at the opponent for the team's first win, excluding the playoffs. Heavy favorites at Seattle, minus 210. But... If you think Seattle beats the Broncos straight up, you get plus 190 on the Texans. They're going to be heavily favored against the Texans no matter what. So, you know, that bet might be gone because they've got to lose the Seahawks. Plus 190 to the Texans. And then if you think they're, they go 0-2 against the Seahawks and Texans, 20-1 to against the Niners. Uh, the highest price, obviously, toward the end of the year. You get 1,000-1. to Again, if they go 1-16 and 16 and the only win is against the Rams, you get 1,001. Not worth it. Not worth it. Um, and then, ooh, this just popped up too. I didn't see this one earlier. Russell Wilson to win regular season MVP and Broncos to win the Super Bowl plus 6,000, 60-1. Hell of a bet. Not one that I'm going to make, but if you think Wilson's going bananas, then the Broncos are going to be in the mix for home field advantage in the AFC. Not the worst correlation there. I'll tell you that much. But it was fun looking at some new odds. There will be new odds left and right here. Can't wait till the player props drop for week one. I mean, I'm just going to get completely geeked about that, I must say. Completely geeked. You are going to be like, what is with this guy in the National Football League? And I'm going to tell you, it's, it's just my love. It's my passion. I absolutely freaking love it. All right? Let's get into number three. Front range four, four biggest sports stories on the front range. We're going to stick with the Broncos. Just a ton of Broncos today. Understandable, right? Javante and Melvin Gordon. Interesting. Last year, Williams and Gordon finished with 203 carries. And I told you, if you see Javante's rushing prop, I don't bet rushing props preseason just because the injury attrition rate at the position. But... 925 and a half is what you can get around the industry. I'm fascinated to see where Bet Rivers puts this thing. But, I mean, he stays healthy. Javante blows through that. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't say Melvin Gordon blows through that, but I don't see any props on Melvin Gordon. But with that being said, <clears throat> here's what running backs coach Tyrone Wheatley had to say. He goes, Melvin knows what the situation is here. They all do. But it's like a menu, and sometimes we're going to need a little more of something on the menu than something else. Hmm, that's interesting. That is interesting. Why is that interesting? Because <clears throat> I think it's clear there's going to be weeks where Melvin is going to be every bit involved as Javante. And if Javante's a little bit banged up, you're going to get big weeks out of Melvin Gordon. I really think that. And Gordon says he believes the Broncos are committed to a running game that could support multiple options and that Hackett is drawing up enough stuff that everybody can have a chance to get the ball. So he's still going to be involved. How much is the question, right? Now, here's what I like about this. Hackett and his staff 
and tend to make the team's running backs a bigger part of the passing game than in recent seasons. I'll say this. I don't know where they're going to set that week one total for receptions for both players, but if it's as low as one and a half, I think you got to go over. If Javante is two and a half, I think you got to go over. Three and a half, you question it. Melvin Gordon, will he have week one props? I'm not so sure. Backup running back. But if he does, again, I would go over one and a half. I think <laughs> I'm right here. No Tim Patrick now. They're going to use these dudes out of the backfield. And they're just so, so strong, so powerful, so quick. Javante is such a beast out of the backfield. Such a beast. And again, passing game. This is what we're going to see out of these guys. And I absolutely love it. And you had Aaron Jones last year, big. He was second or third on the team in receptions uh, over the last, what, three seasons with Hackett there? Think about that. Second or third on the team in receptions each year. So what is the receptions prop they're going to give Javante? Huh? 48? 51? I think he averages close to that. And I, I would say this, because you go two and a half times 17. I'm not very good at math, but I would say anything under 40 receptions, you go over on Javante. That's the easy number. 45 and a half would probably be a number where uh, I've got to think about it pretty closely. I do think he gets there. Again, I won't bet it because I don't bet preseason stuff for running backs. All right, let's move on. Number four on the front range four. The four biggest sports stories on the front range. Uh, boy, we got some dudes on pup here, right? They got to get Randy Gregory, the outside linebacker going. They got to get right tackle Billy Turner going. They brought him in from Green Bay. Tom Compton on pup as well. DJ Jones missed time with a back injury. Okay, so you got three projected starters here. Gregory Turner Jones. And these guys have to prove that they're going to be ready for week one. I mean, what if they don't have Randy Gregory? Turner, they can figure out right tackle. I get that. Compton, you'd like to see. But Randy Gregory is the interesting one. And if they're not off a pup by August 30th, they're not playing the first four weeks. Now, the good news is this year that Bradley Chubb is actually healthy headed into this season. We like that. We love that, right? But that Randy Gregory situation is interesting. Is he just going to show up and just maul everybody after not really practicing this offseason, not having much time in camp? I'm not so sure about that, but that'll be something to keep an eye on. And, and I'm not in the camp that the Seahawks are going to lay down against the Broncos. This will be their Super Bowl. The fans are going to be going bananas. Drew Locke, is, if he wins the job, is going to be out to prove everybody wrong. I don't think he can. But, you know, we're sitting here at this line is, what, five and a half still? Five. So, okay, so it dropped. So this line's been everywhere. One and a half, two and a half, four and a half, five. Five and a half and now back down to five. Minus 109 for the Broncos. But road team, first game of the season, new offense. I like that four and a half. But for some reason, as the camp goes on, I'm liking the Seahawks, plus 5, minus 112. I do think the Broncos win this thing. Minus 210 is just a, the money line I'm not going to bother with. That juice is too heavy. You're not going to be successful long-term betting minus 210s, especially in the NFL. But um, I, I, I don't have, I'm not going to say they need Gregory, but that's the one guy that I'm really keeping a focus on. And we've got, what, 22 days? So we almost got three weeks. We got 22 days, and we'll find out if Gregory's ready for week one. A little update here on the offensive line. Again, Billy Turner not there. Tom Compton not there. 
But left tackle Garrett Bowles. You got left guard Dalton Reiser. The left side looks like it's set. Bowles and Reisner. And the center Lloyd Cushenberry. So the question is, what are they doing on the other side? Right tackle Quinn Miners. He's been starting Calvin Anderson. Okay. Calvin Anderson's out there. You've got Moody working in at guard. Okay. So I think Miners, Moody will look at that battle. And then Luke Wattenberg at center getting a few snaps. I think Cushenberry locked that thing up. For me, it's really right tackle, right? Anderson, Turner, Moody. You know, you'll have guys working in and out there as well. Okay, that's the front range four. The four biggest sports stories on the front range. Eric Moody, ESPN. Coming up next, love me some Moody. Talk Russell Wilson. I have adjusted my expectations. Has he adjusted, uh, adjusted his expectations? And then before the end of the show, I'll talk some Rockies. This is the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Moody's next on the show. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As promised, Eric Moody, ESPN Fantasy. He's going to be big time here during the football season. I'm looking forward to it. We'll talk. We're not going to talk WNBA, by the way. We're just going to talk fantasy football here. If you ever got any bets you want to share, we'll do that as well. Player props and such. But hello, my friend. It's good to see you continuing and get some run there. And uh, we're only 31 days away, pal. Not too much longer. I know. The, hey, the, the countdown continues, and uh, hopefully this uh, month will go back quickly and then we'll be able to get to the regular season. But, hey, good good to catch up with you as well. And I, I love those tweets, uh, those pictures that you tweeted out of you in Vegas. Looking good, my friend. Thank you very much. I hate wearing suits. Uh, it's the worst <laughs> thing ever. You wear button-down shirts. I won't wear anything with more than two buttons, sometimes three buttons, unless it's like a Hawaiian shirt or something like that. But thank you very much. And I got blamed for the sportsbook flooding there, by the way. Oh, it flooded man. that night. But And it really wasn't my fault. Hey, uh, Moody, real quick, you still love Russell Wilson, don't you? Even though yeah. Tim Patrick's not around. I kind of feel like it's a big loss, maybe more than other people, but – how does that affect Russ Wilson? Yeah, no, to answer your question, hey, still love Russell Wilson this year, you know, because the, the offense will ultimately revolve around his strengths, which are the vertical passing game, his mobility, and really just for him to pass more in general after being with the Seahawks. But to your point, you know, the loss of Tim Patrick is, is huge for this team. But I am excited about KJ Hamler, you know, filling that void. So I still believe they've got enough offensive playmakers and particularly receiving offensive playmakers for Russell Wilson to have like a great season to close the loop on that. I do. I do even see Russell Wilson as like a dark horse candidate to lead the league in uh, passing yards. If you're looking at it from a betting lens as well. So, man, you and I are not on the same page on this anymore. I think, <laughs> and, and that's okay. I think what they do here is still run the ball a whole bunch and yeah. they play great defense. And I was doing some math. I think the best thing that the Broncos could do for Russell Wilson and for themselves but to kind of keep it, uh, A, just hope he's as efficient as he can be. Yeah. And B, just like Aaron Rodgers the last couple of years, throw the ball maybe 30, 31, 32 times. You know, and I don't think if you throw the ball that many times, you're going to lead the league in passing. Yeah. But you just look at when Russ has had the ball in his hands and I guess they've let him cook. Mm. It hasn't been great. 
I don't know. It's funny because we were like a month or two ago, we were like, we were like joined at the hip with this. It's that um I think what's interesting though is like if you look at his numbers like since 2016, uh, and I, I use that year often because that's the season after Peyton Manning left Denver and things have just imploded since then, but we won't dive into that. But I'm like, just given like the Seahawks for where they, I think they average or rank like 31st, like in pass attempts over that time frame. I'm like, he put up excellent like numbers. And so he can, he can do quite a bit, like, you know, less is more, so to speak. But I just don't think you're going to trade for someone like Russell Wilson and bring him into the fold and then not, not leverage or maximize that investment. So I just think they're going to throw the ball often. Plus, it's the AFC West. It's going to be a lot of high-scoring games. They just can't hand off to Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams and expect to try to win over 10 games. So, One of us is going to be right. One of us is going to be wrong. And I don't know if I'll remember which one is which. So it really doesn't matter. But I, thought, I think it's a good conversation here because, again, um, I think the Tim Patrick injury is big. And it just – everybody said, oh, it's such a deep wide receiver room for the Broncos. It's really not that deep. Yeah. Like, as far as proven guys, Sutton – We'll see if Judy can prove himself. Yeah. And KJ Hamler had what the ACL, the dislocated hip, mm. so many injuries and guys that just have not had a chance to play yet. Maybe there is some hidden upside, but there's a lot of questions for me all of a sudden with that Tim Patrick injury. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it, it's tough, but yeah, KJ Hamler. I'm like, you know, they drafted him. Yeah, he had the injury, so it's just really time for him to step up. So he's someone I'll be watching very closely in preseason. Hey Moody, I yeah. live uh, about. 10 minutes from where Christian McCaffrey went to high school. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of notes on him. Mm -hmm. I, let's talk some fantasy here. I, I see if you're playing daily fantasy, he's a great play in week one, mm -hmm. but how do you invest in a guy that hasn't been able to stay on the field? And I, I really feel like the Panthers kind of ruined this dude, give him a thousand touches over two seasons. At least that's what it seemed like. Yeah, it's a tough situation because if you're in a fantasy football draft, and of course, if you have the the first pick, I'm like, you're going to go Jonathan Taylor. But if you have like a second or third pick, like you're sitting there looking at McCaffrey and it, it, it looking at it both sides of the ledger is tough because, you know, you got Panthers head coach Matt Rule recently, you know, they asked him, hey, how's Christian McCaffrey going to be used like this year? And so he suggests that, hey, this is a guy that's going to have a similar role. That was my big takeaway. So fantasy managers are like, hey, that's music to my ears. That's great. But when you look at his his recent like per game production, it, it's been great. I'm like, he's averaged 115.9 uh, total yards, 21.8 fantasy points per game. But to your point, Holden, it's like, oh man, this is a guy that's only played like 10 games. But the Panthers, you know, they did work on improving their offensive line in the offseason. You know, they brought in a, a number of top tier uh, free agents, had a first round, uh, you know, pick, you know, that they use on the offensive line. So they've got the necessary talent that's there. So hopefully he'll be in a scenario where he's not taking quite as much contact or he's in a better position to protect himself when going down. So it's just tough for me to fade him if I have the second overall pick. You know, I just got to go with McCaffrey there. But I do understand the trepidation of fantasy managers. Yeah, and you dove into the that situation on your latest column. So if you're one of your latest columns, Fantasy Football Daily Notes, Panthers, Niners, Backfields taking shape, plus yeah. two veteran receivers to flex. And I'll just mm -hmm. you know, throw fantasy into the betting side. A lot of what you're going to see from Moody is going to help you in your process for betting player props. And I will be very, very, very busy betting player props. As a matter of fact, there might be a show coming up with me for VEASAN on player props. And Moody... Uh, real quick before we get into the rest of the news, oh, yeah. there's such a direct correlation. It really is. And if you've been playing fantasy football and actually trying and looking at some of the numbers and some of the advanced stats, I think it's a natural transition to betting player props.
Yeah, no, no, I agree with you there because it's, uh, like I said, looking at like fantasy points and what that looks like. You're just looking at specific stats, whether it's uh, you know receiving yards or rushing yards, you know, or passing yards. So it's it's a lot of correlation, you know, that's there at least from an analysis process. So. All right, so let's get into some things that are going on right now. I, I scrolled down a little bit. Michael Thomas mm-hmm. participated for the first time in team drills and that he looked excellent. Yeah. And then you said what it means in fantasy, so talk to me here. How good is this dude going to be this year? Does Michael Thomas just come back and perform like he did without Drew Brees? Yeah, and it's uh, it, it's the question I think that everyone wants answered and they wish he had a crystal ball for, but – just considering the time that he's missed, and it seems like with this offseason, he's taken his rehabilitation you know, very seriously. So I think we'll see a player that's eerily similar to the Michael Thomas uh, that we saw in the field, uh, you know, back in, um, you know, back in 2019, you know, where he had that, you know, his monster season. Uh, I know uh, back in 2020, I know he only played seven games. You know, he had the whole ankle issue, missed all the last season. But I think if you look at his statistical body of works, and particularly his first four seasons of his career, like this is a player that had over 1,100 receiving yards in four straight seasons. So you got Jameis Winston that's there. What I like about Jameis Winston's addition is that he's not going to be like handcuffed uh, as he was uh, last year. You know, they've got a new coaching regime that's here. They want to really leverage on Winston's uh, strengths, which is ultimately the vertical passing game. You know, he's 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 not like Drew Brees was later in his career because Drew Brees' arm was completely gone at that point. So I think this is an offense that they're going to air it out, and they've got the receiving playmakers there to make it happen. you got Michael Thomas, you got Chris Olave. Like, you've got, you know, Alpha Kamara, assuming that he'll be there. It seems like it's trending that way, but that's a whole other conversation. So I do like Michael Thomas quite a bit, and this is a guy that's uh, – Looking at like um, ESPN's uh, live draft trends, like he's our uh, wide receiver 28. And so Ooh. I'm like, you should just leave your league with him as your flex option. I think it's a, it's a, it's a move that can pay off big in fantasy this year. A guy that I think is going to win the offensive player of the year at 25 to one is Justin Jefferson. With that being said, the guy that everybody forgets about is Adam Thielen. Wasn't Adam Thielen for a chunk of years, like one of the most productive wide receivers in the national football league. And now the sexy toy is out there. I mean, this dude had 1200 receiving yards, almost 1400 receiving yards. He had 14 touchdowns two years ago. He had another 10 last year. I don't know how great it is in PPR at this point, but Adam Thielen, I'm with you, man. I think this guy can really help your fantasy team. Maybe as what a wide receiver three. Yes, no, you're, you're, you're spot on, Holden. Yeah, really good wide receiver three for you in fantasy. And that could be whether you're looking at standard formats, PPR. You know, I, I don't care. I'm like, I, I like your take on Justin Jefferson. I'm very high on Jefferson. He could be this year's quote-unquote Cooper Cup. But, but one thing I liked that I read and heard about uh, Thielen is that this staff uh, likes him quite a bit, and they quote-unquote like have embraced uh, Thielen in the red zone. And so I think that's important because – if you go back to 2018, I'm like, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen, I'm like, that duo's combined for 39 touchdowns, like the third most among quarterback wide receiver duos over that time frame. And so, again, he's someone that's overlooked in fantasy drafts, but he's someone that'll still have a role in this Vikings offense I like quite a bit. All right, so there's other players to get to, but I, I there's mm-hmm. two other things I want to talk. Yeah. First of all, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Somebody is going to have to take care of the targets there. Sky Moore is getting a ton of buzz, but again, a rookie. We'll see what he can do. And then your boy Pacheco is getting uh, passing game work. Can you just basically talk about this whole offense here and who you're buying, what you're not buying, and starting with Juju? Yeah, I guess with Juju, the thing that that really makes Juju uh, like an attractive player, like in fantasy, is – 
you look at like the the offense as a whole. I know the the Chiefs are, are up at the top of the league when they have you know three wide receivers on the field. So they have three wide receivers on the field often. Uh, also, you look at Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm like he is like the top quarterback in the league when it comes to targeting his slot receiver. And so I know everyone is is excited about Sky Moore and, and, and rightfully so. If you look at what he was able to do in college, you know his dominator rating. I'm like he had a high percentage of his team's uh, touchdowns and receiving yards. But here's the thing. I'm like, you're not going to bring in someone like Juju, who's had the most success in his career uh, running routes from the slot, you know, to this offense. And he has the best quarterback he's ever played with in Patrick Mahomes. So I like Juju quite a bit. Uh, I think he'll end up leading this team like in wide receiver targets. Kelsey will be like the top dog, but Juju won't be that far behind. You mentioned uh, Isaiah uh, Pacheco. Uh, who I like quite a bit, is getting a lot of buzz and comparisons to uh, Kareem Hunt. And remember what Kareem Hunt did in his rookie year in Kansas City. He was phenomenal in real-life NFL, and he was a darling in fantasy, you know, for what he was able to accomplish relative to his ADP. So I will be tracking that situation closely in the uh, preseason games just to see, hey, if Pacheco will end up getting the nod. And he's someone I recommend taking, like, flyers on. I do like Sky Moore as well. He's just not a player that I'm necessarily going to, like, uh, reach for or overextend for. As far as if Kelsey, to kind of close the loop on that um the thing with kelsey that gets me is i'm like the, the body of work is there statistically you know in fantasy he's been great he's obviously getting up there in age but just at his adp i'd rather just pass on kelsey and either get like mark andrews or kyle pitts who i'm really high on at his respective adp there's just some quick thoughts on the chiefs pass it back to you all right, so I'm going through the ESPN sleepers, busts, and breakouts. Yeah. Okay? You and I like Melvin Gordon together. I think he's fine as what a flex. <clears throat> but oh. here's the guy. So I, I go through these usually, and I'll be like, all right, I have a guy in mind. You guys, you and me hit on Matt Ryan. You know, I read a study where this guy was, the, what, the second most accurate deep passer last year. I'm not thrilled with the weapons outside of Pittman in the passing game. Yeah. But I'm with you on Matt Ryan, man. This is a late-round flyer, right? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Especially for someone that's in a uh, two-quarterback league or super flex. I'm like, you, you can't go wrong with Ryan. Um, I'm, I'm very comfortable having him as my uh, as my QB2, depending on how I build my team, like in a super flex format. But I'm like, he's in a great situation. You have very solid offensive line. The protection should be there. Uh, you've got Jonathan Taylor you know, kind of uh, locking down the running game. And Matt Ryan was more successful last year like on play action passes than he was just dropping back from the pocket. So I think that's something that they could leverage even more. Now, again, it's like um, you would probably agree with this, Holden, like people that are listening to this. The, the takeaway is not necessarily I need to go get Matt Ryan if I'm in a single quarterback league as my late-round quarterback. No, that, that is not what we're saying. What we're saying is that if you're in a two-quarterback league, roll with Matt Ryan as your QB2, but giving his ADP, you may even be able to get the guy as like your QB3. And that's kind of a QB3 with significant upside, at least in that particular league. But I like him quite a bit. I think he'll finish as, a, I think, a mid-range QB2. You know, he'll definitely have some QB1 spike weeks as well. Okay, my friend. Everything. Where do they find your stuff? You're doing a great, great, great work out there. Yeah, you can find all of my written audio and video content uh, over at ESPN. You know, as Holden mentioned at the top of the, top of the show, I uh, you know, write about the NFL NBA and WNBA from a sports betting and fantasy perspective. But I would say follow me on Twitter. I'm like, if you like all three of those sports, fantasy, sports betting, hey, you'll be right at home. But also, if you like 1990s nostalgia, you know, you'll like that as well. So I'd recommend everyone to follow me there. And Holden, I look forward to the next invite. It's always good catching up, my friend. Okay, so thanks to Moody for hopping on. Let's talk some baseball here just to round things out. Uh, the Rockies, 
Now, two games behind Arizona in last place in the NL West. They're 48 and 63, 432 win percentage. If you extrapolate that right now, they're on pace for 69 wins. 69 wins. So that would actually be above the 67 and a half. I think we saw the 68 and a half. I don't think we ever saw a six. Well, you know what? If if books did offer uh, in-season win totals, which you just don't see in baseball, uh, then I could have, I, I could have seen, I could have seen this thing go into the mid to upper seventies. Cause they got off to that great start in April, especially after beating the Dodgers, right? A uh, couple, two out of three, uh, 69 and 93 is the record they're looking at right now. Brutal. Let's go over to bet rivers and look at some odds here. Uh, plus a hundred thousand. So you're getting a thousand to one on the Rockies coming back to win the West. Uh, if you just love throwing money away, don't give it to the book. Don't do that. Uh, they are 28 and a half games behind the Dodgers now. That is not good. Uh, they basically have to win out, and the Dodgers would have to lose most of their games too for that to happen. I'm looking at the American League MVP odds. Aaron Judge minus 435, Shohei plus 320. I mean, Judge is, this is surprising. He stayed healthy. Now he's got to stay healthy for two more months. Uh, there is a nice little leverage bet here with Otani at plus 320. I do wonder if some of the voters are going to be looking at him and saying, whoa, hold on a second. He's still the most valuable pitching and, and, and hitting. Uh, but Aaron Judge, A, is a Yankee, so <clears throat> that has a lot of cachet. Uh, B, I don't know if a lot of voters want to give Otani the MVP because he's on such a horrible team, right? Uh, and then Judge might hit 60 home runs. I mean, he needs 17 more over the last two months. You hit 60 home runs, you're probably going to be the MVP. He's got a 1058 OPS, a 196 OPS plus. I mean, this dude is just insane. Insane. So he leads baseball, at least in batters at war at 6.3. All position players, he leads in war. Offensive war, 6.3. <laughs> it's just, and that's not the American League. This is baseball. Leads him in home runs, 43. RBI, 97. Runs created, 105. Adjusted OPS, insane, 196. Although Jordan is, is 193, Goldschmidt and Arenado are, um, oh, Goldschmidt's 199. Arenado, Nolan Arenado tied with Rafi Devers, adjusted OPS at 161. That's uh, on base plus slugging. And then you take, um, you take the ballpark factor into it too. I mean, Judge, it's just everything. It's absolutely amazing. So I do think he's in the lead. Plus 320 is a great price on Otani-san, though. And if there's an injury, I hate saying this, but, you know, first thing you want to do is get into the book. Second, you see it and go back Otani if Judge goes down. Uh, NL MVP, Paul Goldschmidt, minus 129. I don't see why I would go away from that. Austin Riley with the Braves at plus 400, but... I really do believe that the best player really from start to right now has been Paul Goldschmidt, and it's going to be tough to go away from him. Uh, and I'll just look at some of the standard numbers here. 1029 OPS. Austin Riley is 942, almost 100 points there. Slugging, 30-point advantage for Goldschmidt. On-base percentage, you know, 60%. Batting average, 36 RBI has less home runs, 29 to 26 for Riley. That's literally the only, 
the only advantage that Riley has. So I'm not looking at Austin Riley to win this thing either. I don't think that's a great bet. Verlander to win Cy Young, minus 157. Not going to back Dylan Cease or Shane McClanahan or Shohei here. Sandy Alcantara has won at minus 225. I mean, if Patrick, if uh, Patrick Corbin, if Corbin Burns goes on a run over these last two months and Alcantara comes back to back to earth, it's just that Alcantara's thrown so many innings this year. And that really has a part in when you're looking at who's going to win these awards, how available have they been? Have these guys just been great for like three months and they were injured the rest of the time? Alcantara's ERA is 1.88. Burns is 2.45. Okay. Uh, they both had the same whip. Burns has more strikeouts at 175. I'm kind of talking myself into a little Corbin Burns bet here. But three complete games... The amount of innings that he's thrown over Burns is, what, 22? If you think Alcantara takes a step back, I think this Corbin Burns bet is probably the best one that you're going to find on the board at plus 400 to win the Cy Young Award. In the National, at plus 800, I should say, to win the Cy Young Award. That's 8-1. to one. Matter of fact, I'm going to go shop around and make that bet. Because the numbers aren't that different. It's just that Alcantara is going really deep. And what if, after all these innings this year, Alcantara's arm just gets tired and he falls back to the pack. Corbin Burns is great enough to where he could pick up the slack and win this thing. Big strikeout pitcher. We see it. More strikeouts. And strikeouts are a big one. It's something that the uh, the voters look at. They look at strikeouts. They look at, at uh, whip, adjusted ERA, just so many different things that they're going to look at now. Uh, it's just it's it's different. It's a different world than we had even, you know, 15 years ago where whoever had the most wins was the one that was probably going to be able to, to, to win that bet. Yeah, Corbin Burns is a good price on Bet Rivers at 8-1. to one. Uh, Rookie of the year, Spencer Strider, minus 190, uh, pitcher with the Braves. Michael Harris with the Braves, plus 300. Boy, the Braves are good going forward. Could you imagine if the Rockies had half of the, uh, uh, the acumen of the Braves front office? My old buddy, Alex Anthopoulos, their general manager. couple of notes here on the Rockies. Three-game set at home against the Cardinals starting up tomorrow. Then the Diamondbacks are in town, so they come back. Rockies blowing another lead. They lost yesterday <sighs> to the Diamondbacks. They're 48-63. and 63. Season low, 15 games under 500. Again, on pace for 69 wins. Two games behind Arizona. 15-13 and 13 over the last 17 days. They have just gotten their butts kicked. Their starters have the highest ERA in baseball. Uh, we'll see what happens when this line is post posted, but they will be heavy, heavy dogs to the St. Louis Cardinals. I must say I've had success, some success betting heavy, heavy dogs this year too. It's happening. A lot of plus 200s out there that we've been able to cash. A lot of them. It's been something I've been uh, targeting and hitting here as of late. And if you get a, you know, close to a plus 200 at home for the Rockies, I don't think we'll see it there. But maybe a plus 150 against Mikolas. Uh, it'll be worth at least a consideration. How about that? Okay. Thank you to Eric Moody. Thank you to uh, Stephen Young, our producer. If you get a chance, follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. I'm Holden. And thanks for checking out the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.